0: On Wednesday, November 20th, Israeli soldiers were brought into York University in Toronto as part of an event organized by the pro-apartheid and pro-occupation group Kherut Canada. Now, obviously, this did not sit well with many students. The Students Against Israeli Apartheid group at York University decided to protest the event, and a large number of students from the university actually participated and showed up during the protest. Unfortunately, the students and the protesters were met with verbal and physical hostilities. This was mainly due to the presence of an extremist group called the JDL. This group is considered a terrorist group in the U.S. and was banned by York University before. Despite all that and despite knowing that this extremist group might be coming to the protest, York administrators seem to have done nothing and security and police officers who were at the protest It was reported that they ignored the complaints of the protesters. So at the end, the protesters were subjected to all types of racist and sexist slurs. According to the protesters, some students were sexually harassed and threatened with sexual assault. And even a TA was punched in the head and sustained a head head injury that landed him in the hospital. So today, obviously, students are demanding answers from York administrators, why this failure in ensuring the safety of their own students, and also why the failure in ensuring their their right to protest was protected on campus. So, to understand in details what took place in New York University last week, I have with me on the phone Mo Al Qasim. Mo is an organizer with the Student Against Israeli Apartheid group at York University. So, uh, first of all, thank you, Mo, for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Sultan. So, uh, many things to unpack in what took place last week, uh, but let's start from the beginning. Um, maybe explain to our listeners what was the event that started all of this? Why did you guys have issues with it?
1: Uh, so the event was called Reservists on Duty here from former Israeli Defense for Soldiers. It was hosted by Herouth Canada, which has recently started its branch at York University. The event was aimed at trying to educate quote-unquote the uh, York University student population on BDS and the Palestinian Israeli conflict or the Arab Israeli conflict, again, quote unquote. And as it says in the title, it brings ex IDF soldiers to try to speak on that matter. And that didn't sit well with us, and particularly because York is a very diverse community. which contains a lot of racialized students, and obviously that includes Palestinian students, many of whom have, like myself, have come from Palestine, have lived uh, under the occupation, have witnessed it firsthand, or some others who still deal with the intergenerational trauma. Uh, So, as as far as the event, uh, it did not sit well with us at all, uh, the fact that George. University's administration is actually allowing this to uh, take place in the first, you know in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so we decided that we're gonna peacefully protest it.
0: Mm-hmm. In a statement, you guys explained that that by hosting Israeli soldiers on campus, York's University's policy against harassment and intimidation and the policy against racism, pre- prejudice and discrimination, were violated. So can you maybe elaborate on that point? How did you guys saw this event as violating these policies in particular?
1: Well, the policies of York are general in the sense that they are supposed to protect freedom of speech. They are supposed to protect students from harassment and hate speech and intimidation, etc. Now, as far as bringing the IDF, the big problem with this is the fact that the IDF is a, a foreign army b that they are an occupying in a colonizing force and as the Uni- as many United Nations uh, reports have concluded uh, they are charged with war crimes under international and humanitarian law. Uh, the fact that york University has willingly allowed them to come onto campus uh, essentially violate the safety of students. You mm-hmm. wouldn't want a, stud- a Palestinian student or any other student, for that matter, who had that connection or has lived uh, the horrific reality of settler colonialism or occupation to be in the same vicinity as a soldier who... Uh, as far as we're concerned, a year ago, or maybe even a couple of months ago, would have been involved in one of the raids on Gaza, mm-hmm. right? Or would have been uh, shooting a kid in the West Bank, right? Or they could have been involved in one of the uh, uh, many arrests that take place and, uh, in East Jerusalem or Gaza or Israel proper. Mm-hmm. So we d- we did not want that to take place because we, as Palestinian students and as a, a university community in general, have too much respect or enough respect for ourselves that we will not tolerate the hatred and the propaganda of the Israeli army and the Israeli state. Mm-hmm.
0: Like you mentioned, the event was organized by a group called Herut Canada, which is I believe this group is a chapter of a larger group. I know there is Herut North America. Can you talk to us more about that group? Uh, maybe, you know, what what is their mandates and what type of events they organize in New York University in particular? So as
1: far as I've seen, they that was, uh, I think, their first attempt at an event. Uh, they have tabled uh, once or twice uh, since the beginning of the year and they were very uh, provocative so to speak mm-hmm. in their tabling uh, they uh, they had a big sign that says, uh, I'm a Zionist, ask me why oh. <laughs> and, which had a lot of students flock to them to actually ask them why <laughs> with, they are Zionists the first event they held was you know, the reservists on duty, where they brought the Israeli soldiers, Uh, they claim that they're unapologetically Zionist. So this is a first for us, at least in my time at York. We haven't had someone who would publicly say that they're unapologetically a Zionist. That means they're unapologetically for colonialism, the complete erasure of the Palestinian people and Palestinian land. Uh, Now, as far as Harut, it does uh, have a uh, deeply entrenched root in uh, one of the uh, one of the older parties uh, in Israel, which is actually called Harut and was founded in 1948 by uh, Menachem Begin, uh, who was a leader in uh, the Chinese paramilitary, which was the Ergun. And the Ergun, of course, was involved in many atrocities uh, pre-Nakba and uh, during the Nakba. And one of those atrocities was uh, the Yassin massacre,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: In which uh, approximately 250 Palestinian civilians were slaughtered in cold blood, uh, including many women, children, and elderly, right? So they have roots in that extreme right-wing uh, zionism and they're trying to revive it over here
0: mm. one thing that is interesting i found i didn't know that uh, i think in one of your statements, you guys said that the israeli military using herut as a vessel has been seen actively recruiting on campuses across canada which is in fact illegal can you elaborate on that point what do you guys mean recruiting in canada how did you guys know about this
1: well, when we first took notice of it, it was actually the Israeli consulate um, that was hosting events uh, and bringing you know, IDF soldiers and talking about uh, joining the IDF, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and these events are held in Toronto. And in the case of Harut, we've caught wind of them trying to promote the IDF in a way which uh, essentially could be used as a tool to try to bring students or some particular students uh, to uh, investigate the opportunity in the future that they would want to go and join uh, the Israeli army. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? And this is not an incident that took place particularly at York, but this is uh, a phenomenon that's been... Trying to take place at uh, in Canada in general, Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's also it's uh, multifaceted in a way. You see, what they do is uh, firstly they try to whitewash the Israeli army's crimes and the Israeli state's crimes, right, by bringing these soldiers and having them spew propaganda, and secondly. Uh, they tried to uh, build false relationships with the attendees and the people that are there and to possibly having them in the future join.
0: So because of all these reasons, you guys, are, as we mentioned, you protested the event. And uh, eventually you started facing harassment and violent attacks by pro-apartheid advocates. And among them, or maybe because of that, because of the of that group. Among them is the JDL, which yeah. is, like I mentioned, is considered a terrorist organization in the US. So can you maybe walk us through what happened? So you guys started when the harassment and violence started. Was it mainly because of the JDL or other also pro-apartheid activists participated? How did things developed?
1: Uh, so just very quickly, how it developed from the beginning. Uh-huh. Once the, the event was called by Harut Canada, and we didn't at that point publicize anything regarding their event or our protest, right? Mm-hmm. At that point, uh, the JDL published on their <laughs> hidden, quote-unquote, hidden website or Facebook page that uh, pro-BDS gangs are planning to disrupt an event a Jewish uh, event at York University. Uh, At that time we were already in the stages of actually planning to protest it. We went ahead with the protest. On the day of the protest itself we were on the first floor of Berry Hall. Now we were on the first floor of Berry Hall we began chanting and riling up our crowd and the event was taking place on the second floor which in the case of every protest, as you may well know, you go outside immediately outside the place or the venue where the event is being held while we're walking up the stairs towards the uh, towards the second floor we're immediately confronted with JDL thugs mm-hmm. and out of you know, out of the blue, uh, our marshals had to immediately form a, bod- a body wall between our crowd and the JDL uh, thugs at that time. And the security and police also came in to a certain extent, although I would uh, deny any any possibility of them actually trying to protect our crowd or trying to protect students. uh, It was getting very tense between our crowd and the JBL and as organizers and as protesters, as peaceful protesters for that. We decided we're going down the stairs again and we're still persistent on protesting the actual event so we went to another staircase towards the event and uh, they found us again. We clashed with them immediately outside of the two hallways uh, that are around uh, the lecture hall in in those two incidents where we clashed with them, they were physically pushing uh they were throwing punches they were throwing or tossing islamophobic slurs, racist slurs uh homophobic transphobic uh insults etc um uh, they try to choke one of our marshals with uh, his coffee uh, with his scarf and and in each one of those incidents one of the individuals or one of the marshals even tries to break up that uh that interaction without having to without having to compromise anyone's safety Whenever that happens, the security and the police, the Toronto police, never really pays too much attention. In in 90% of the cases that I have witnessed as one of the organizers, they haven't really tried to break up any fight or tried to uh, protect any one of our crowd from being assaulted. Uh, I was personally assaulted as well and the Toronto Police and the administration just stood there and watched. Uh, members of the York University administration were present at that very moment and they watched as three JDL members tried to pull my hair. Uh, tried, uh, they threw punches towards my head. They tried to drag me and pull me by my hand towards their mob. and. All of the security, the administration, and the police just stood there and watched. And our marshals had to break up every incident that happened. Mm. Uh, so that was, and as you mentioned in the beginning of the show, one of uh, one of the members of our crowd who also happens to be a teaching assistant sustained a head injury and a mild concussion. Other members of our crowd, women in our crowd, uh, had their hijabs or had. Uh, JDL members tried to pull their hijabs off. Uh, others were threatened with rape, uh, with sexual assault. JDL members and pro-Zionist uh, individuals threatened them that if they come outside, that they would sexually assault them or rape them. Uh, and that was witnessed by the security and the administration. And until now, we haven't received a response to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Are these JDL um, uh, members, are they students or are they, are they from the campus?
1: No, actually, they're not students. They're not from the campus. The majority of them are, the vast majority of the JDL, or the, com- uh, the, the whole of the JDL is an organization that is present off campus. Hmm. So none of the people that were JDL. That were present on that day were students. And now I can't say that to the entirety of the crowd that they pulled off. Some of the crowd that they may have pulled in could have been students as well, but the JDL members that we know of uh, are not students. The, the vast majority of them are middle aged white men, and that's about it. Uh, you mentioned also that they are recognized. Or identified as a terrorist group in the United States by the FBI. Yeah, they w- uh, also another thing that is to be noted is the fact that York University's administration knew of the JDL's warning uh, of the JDL's plan to come to York University, and they sent them a public letter or a private letter, which the JDL later published, warning them that if they do attend or to step foot at York University, that they would be trespassed. And this letter has now become public. The York University administration, having noticed uh, these assaults, having noticed what happened at the protest, has yet to trespass the JDL, has yet to proceed with any action towards the JDL.
0: So you mean before that event the York administrators did send them to the JDL they sent them a letter tell them that if you come you will be trespassing and they still they still didn't do anything about that despite what they did. This is what you mean?
1: Exactly. They done nothing. The Toronto Police Services has done nothing. JDL members assaulted students, assaulted community members of the York University and nothing has been done about it. Uh, The police And the security allowed the suspects to leave, uh, particularly after they injured the TA and uh, after they've attacked others. And no charges were laid, no arrests have been made, no detentions have been made uh, as far as the JDL members. As a matter of fact, I've noticed two arrests or two detentions being made, and they were uh, individuals from the Palestinian human rights crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two individuals were assaulted and they were arrested, which is the biggest tragedy of all. Mm-hmm.
0: I understand that York, uh, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I understood that York University did ban the JDL even before uh, before that uh, particular event. Is that true?
1: Yes, it's true. Uh, York University has banned the JDL before. And they banned them for the particular reason uh, that you know a ban would be considered today they assaulted students in the past um, so they know they yeah they're a mob
0: mm-hmm. right
1: they attend these events where folks are peacefully protesting and they assault and harass and intimidate students there has been there have been online petitions and evidence that has has been circulated on social media showing the intimidation and the insults and the racial slurs and the physical assault of the J.D.L. And uh, I think that also prob- uh, it portrays what has happened in the past, probably happened in the early 2000s, which caused them to be banned uh, previously.
0: Mm. For our listeners in Montreal, they're probably... Um Uh, familiar people who listen to our show if people remember we covered a couple of events where jdl appeared uh, during the event that was um, celebrating or commemorating um, the 10th year anniversary of bds it happened in concordia university and we reported i even played clips of the jdl coming in and disturbing the event they were extremely loud they stayed there for an hour and a half concordia security did nothing and it doesn't surprise me all the things you guys are saying because they were extremely racist, extremely aggressive, like very aggressive, very this kind of very macho type of attitude, like a gang, really. And mm-hmm. the, our, also we covered them again for our listeners, if they remember doing the word social forum. Um, I'm not sure the JDL members who came to Concordia were they local or from Toronto, but in the second time we covered them. During the World Social Forum, there, there was several events uh, about Palestine being organized. And the uh, JDL members from Toronto, they actually drove all the way to Montreal to disturb, the, disturb these events. But uh, this time they didn't succeed because a lot of uh, anti-fascist, anti-racism activists in Montreal stopped them outside on the street and they couldn't get in even close to the venue. They stayed there for an hour and a half, as usual, screaming racist, sexist things. And then they drove back to Toronto. So, so, <laughs> so,
1: I mean, uh, they they could have a branch in Montreal, for all we know. I don't personally know if they do, um, but it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be unlikely. Now, another thing that actually just uh, crossed my mind is the fact that Herut Canada did thank um, and did acknowledge the, the JDL uh, publicly on their post. Uh, On Facebook, Uh, and they mentioned in in the in a brief that they uh, appreciated the JDL's security or their security services or or protection. Mm -hmm. Now that is beyond me. Why York University would allow uh, an on-campus organization or a student club to hire off-campus security and from the JDL. Mm -hmm. It's extremely absurd. Now, there might be a protocol that allows that, but the fact that uh, they could be hired in the first place and the fact that uh, York University has issued a warning letter to the JDL is very... uh, It's very awkward. It's very weird. How they could they could, on the one hand, warn the jdL not to come, but allow a student organization to recruit them for security
0: so how did the whole thing end at the end uh, the entire interaction we saw several videos. how long was the protest? <coughs> sorry, was it there until the end of the event, and how things were breaking up uh, breaking up at the end
1: so we protested for approximately three hours before the event started and Towards the end of the event, uh, as you may have seen, there were disruptions, peaceful disruptions, peaceful protests that happened on the inside of the event, and they were treated in a very hostile manner. Uh, those folks that protested on the inside were immediately physically assaulted and verbally, uh, verbally assaulted as well. Uh, as we continued protesting on the outside for approximately three hours. Towards the end, uh, the Palestinian students and allies uh, went back downstairs to the first floor of Barry Hall and occupied the center of Vary Hall and continued chanting and singing. Uh, after that, uh, we we walked outside of Barry Hall and we began doing debkeh and dahiyah and so on, and singing songs. Uh, We actually, in reality, once we realized that the disruptions had been made, that we got our point across, that we peacefully got our message across, we decided to leave, to give everyone passage. Because we are not of the school of thought that we want to intimidate. Or to violate someone's space, right? Which is the complete opposite of what the pro-Zionist crowd uh, believes. Uh, we did not want to compromise the security of ourselves or anyone else. So, towards the end of the of the event, we marched back down. Mm-hmm.
0: Now the protests and events got a lot of coverage. I'm gonna start with the politicians. Uh, Many politicians waited on uh, what happened all the way to the prime minister. (laughs) (laughs) So um, they seem to have flipped the scenario completely. So this is why I'm so glad that you guys, uh, you are joining me today to actually really explain what happened. I'm gonna read a couple of these, the tweets and statements from these politicians. Um, first, uh, John Tory, the Toronto mayor, he said, and I'm quoting, "I have heard concerns from several Jewish groups in our city today. Anti-Semitism and violence is totally unacceptable." Unquote. Then the Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, also said that this is part of what he said. I am disappointed that York University allowed for a hate filled protest to take place last night at Vary Hall. I stand with the Jewish students and the Jewish community. There is no place in Ontario for racism and hatred. And finally, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, said uh, tweeted, on Wednesday night, violence and racist chants broke out against an event organized by the Jewish community at York University. What happened that night was shocking and absolutely unacceptable. Anti-Semitism has no place in Canada. We will always denounce it and uh, all forms of hatred. So um, th- this is how politicians waited in on this. They flipped the entire scenario, made it look like you guys were the violent ones. Were you surprised by these, um, these statements, by these politicians?
1: Well, not entirely surprised. I wasn't surprised by Andrew Scheer or John Tory or Doug Ford. But I'm very surprised by Justin Trudeau chiming in or inserting himself into the picture when he's been very evidently uh, misogynist. He's been very evidently anti-Arab, anti-Black, racist. Uh, we've seen the scandals that came out in uh, the run-up to the election uh, very recently. So it's very rich of Justin Trudeau or any member of his cabinet to be commenting about racism uh, in general. Now, that's first. Uh, secondly, uh, as far as the comments of uh, John Tory, Doug Ford, Andrew Scheer, and so on, they all have to include a particular line about the Jewish community, uh, this uh, the the idea that this has been organized by the Jewish community. This has been organized by Haruth uh, Canada. Uh, Jewish community is not monolithic, and no community is monolithic. And as a matter of fact, Hillel at York University stated publicly that it was an opposition of bringing soldiers. And actually, tried to prevent the event from taking, uh, from, excuse me, from being held in the first place. This was Hillel York, right, mm-hmm. which is one of the most prominent uh, Israel advocacy groups on campus and in Canada, uh, and also serves as uh, a Jewish group, a religious group, and uh, a cultural group. Uh, uh, many members in our crowd. Also happened to be Jewish. Uh, the independent Jewish voices has also commented and released a statement about the events and the protest that happened on November 20th. So for Doug Ford and Andrew Shearer and John Tory, that tried to portray this as if uh, this was an event being held by the Jewish community, and somehow we just protested it and tried. And they tried to make that link that we protested it because it's a Jewish community event and thus we're anti-Semitic. It's actually they're anti-Semitic for trying to relay the idea that the Jewish community is in complete agreement about bringing soldiers to campus or holding that event in the First place. And also, uh, the JDL, the Jewish Defense League, does not represent the whole of the jewish community i know many jewish folks a lot of whom at york university that despise the jdl and did not want the jdl's presence on campus
0: you mentioned the statement by independent jewish voices canada they released um they put a post on their facebook page and uh, they wanted to um released uh, a statement from an eyewitness so I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, the post or part of it they say and here's an eyewitness report from a trusted IJV member who wishes to protect their privacy beware reports in the right-wing media uh, that blame the pro-palestine demonstrators for the violence it would appear that it was defenders of Israel who were out of control then they go on to uh, post the, the testimony from the eyewitness I'm gonna read part of it. Mm -hmm. And they said, so the testimony is, whatever you are hearing about this event from Justin Trudeau, Doug Ford, or your favorite bourgeois media organization, All of it is a lie. None of the chants were in any way anti-Semitic, and I felt incredibly safe and loved among my comrades in that space. In contrast, the IDF supporters were raucous, offensive, aggressive, constantly trying to start fights, swore repeatedly, made racist and homophobic personal insults at everyone they encountered, and even physically attacked students. Everyone involved in permitting this event to take place should be shamed and penalized, all love and solidarity to those who showed up to shut it down. So this is uh, a testimony from another eyewitness during the protests uh, that the IJV, Independent Jewish Voices Canada, shared on their Facebook uh, page. Mm
1: -hmm. Now,
0: we talked about uh, politicians, and uh, let's talk a bit about the media. It was mentioned in this testimony by the eyewitness. I mean, we expect the media and journalists to kind of be the sound of reason, I guess, and to look into things and to look into what actually happens. But um, that didn't happen. (laughs) The mainstream media just repeated the narrative of pro-apartheid advocates. Uh, Joel Roberts writes for the Canadian Dimension, and I'm quoting, the event quickly became the center of a media frenzy as images and video of clashing protesters were picked up and amplified by official news outlets, including Global News, The National Post, The Toronto Star, City News, and others. With few exceptions, media portrayals have emphasized responses from the same group of people, all of whom portray the protesters as as a violent, hate-filled mob driven by virulent anti-Semitism. So, um, can you maybe... Talk to us about this. What is your response to how the mainstream media and journalists really covered that event? Were you, again, were you surprised? Uh,
1: Again, not entirely uh, surprised. The media done what it's always done when it comes to Palestine, uh, is that they immediately went on the offensive uh, against human rights activists and uh, against pro-Palestine activists. Is They immediately framed this as anti-Semitic and uh, made accusations that are completely baseless towards us. Uh, Now, you mentioned that they said uh, that we chanted, go back to the oven. And I myself have led a majority of the chant. And I was present as an organizer, and we pre-selected the chant even. I do not recall any such chant, and this is preposterous for them to even try to accuse us Uh Now, as for the uh, media's uh, claims of violence or clashes erupting and whatnot, yeah, of course they would do that. Because in the reality, they know that the, the clashes started when the JDL members were assaulting students. And I've seen some of those articles where they put a two or three second video where someone from the pro-Zionist crowd is pushing or shoving uh, a person in the pro-Palestine crowd and trying to push them off the stairs. And that person is trying to push back because they're trying not to fall. And they replay that uh, entire clip of two or three seconds and they try to show it off to the public as, oh, Clashes just erupted. Uh, clashes didn't erupt uh, there was There were assaults on New York university students. That is what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Joe Roberts continue in his article uh, with his criticism to the media. He says the problem with these accusations is the total lack of credible evidence to support them. News reports have honed in on videos of protesters chanting Free Free Palestine and Viva Viva Intifada, presumably mm. as proof of rampant anti Semitism on display. But for Palestinians and their supporters, these chants refer to national self-determination and resistance to Israel's occupation. Such Mm -hmm. references are a far cry from anti-Semitism, unless, of course, we conflate support for the human rights of Palestinians as itself a form of outright discrimination against people of the Jewish faith. Uh,
1: Joel Roberts is a personal friend of mine, and I completely agree with what he wrote. I think it was uh a perfectly articulated article uh, Mm. that he wrote. Yeah, and uh, as far as the chant of free, free Palestine, well, uh, I don't see anything that's problematic with chanting uh, chanting free Palestine um, or viva, viva, intifada. Viva, viva, intifada, uh, as Joel rightly mentioned, is we're telling the crowd, we're telling the people, we're telling the public, that the Palestinian people want that right of self-determination. The intifada itself in Arabic means to shake off. When we went on two intifadas uh, in Palestinian history, two major intifadas, we were shaking off the Israeli occupation and the Israeli settler colonialism, right? These were not uh, acts of violence that happened uh, against, uh, Israelis and they happened in a vacuum. No, uh, this uh, narrative of the media, uh, and I, I doubt that any of them are actually speakers of Arabic, that they could translate that particular word, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess I want to end our conversation. Go back to York University. So you got you explained very well the failure of the York University administrators. You even say some of them were even there, seeing the seeing the JDL. Attacking protesters and doing nothing, so I guess now well my first first part of my question, do you think that in general when uh, when when you do Palestine solidarity activism on New York University? Uh, does, uh, do York University administrators usually stifle Palestine Solidarity activist, uh, Activism? Like, do you think all of this, wa- this mishandling was really intentional? Is there a part, is there a complicity or just incompetence in general?
1: Well, I think in general they try to be complicit or they are complicit because they do want to silence uh, Palestine Solidarity Activism on campuses and, in, and off campuses as well. Uh, in this particular case, I don't think it's complicity. I think they're, they have shown complete incompetence. They have failed their student community. They have failed their university community. Uh, they have failed their employees when it came time to protect them and protect their rights. Uh, in general, I've seen many incidents where pro-Palestine activists and students have been targeted have been threatened and uh there were there were attempts to push them to the peripheries of the campus or try to get them off the campus scene in the past there have been there have been many incidents where they've attempted or have successfully banned Palestinian human rights clubs or Palestinian solidarity clubs off campus uh There are calls for it right now, but I think uh, these calls are completely baseless. I don't think the York administration in this particular case will even try to ban us off campus (laughs) because they do realize the reality of what happened on the ground. And the York University administration, as well as the security services at York, have many cameras, particularly in Ferry Hall, the security cameras would have recorded everything. And I doubt for a second that the administration hasn't sat down and watched what has happened. And if, and when they did watch what occurred on, November, on the night of November 20th, they would have realized that they were in the wrong and they, would, they want this to blow over because they don't want to confront their mistakes. And they do not want to confront that they allowed the jdl on our campus mm-hmm.
0: you guys released a statement uh, saying and i'm quoting we intend to follow up with the administration to ensure those responsible for the violence will be held accountable so i guess that's my second part of the question and the final What is, what's next? What is the next steps for your groups uh, to do? Uh, How are you gonna follow up with the administrators? Are you hoping that really anyone will be held accountable?
1: I'm not, uh, to use this particular terminology, I'm not hoping, I am persistent that I want the perpetuators to be held accountable. I want the administration to also be held accountable. I cannot speak for others who have been assaulted or have been falsely detained, uh, because there could be legal matters uh, over there, and I wish to be silent on that. However, uh, we, as student organizers on this campus, will not be silent, and we will actually confront the administration publicly, as have as our student unions have as. Uh, UP 3903 has, uh, the Graduate Student Association, and the York Federation of Students have. Uh, they've all released public statements regarding the assault that uh, took place. We as well as individuals and as organizations as have also took place in the protest uh, will pursue any avenue that will hold the perpetuators accountable. And I, for one, will confront the administration about their failures to protect me or to protect folks in my crowd.
0: With me on the phone from Toronto, Mo al Mo is from the Students Against Israeli Apartheid Group at York University. And we were uh, we were talking about the protest that took place last week. A protest uh, done by Palestine solidarity activists, student activists, and it was met by violence, physical and, uh, and verbal violence. And uh, nothing, it seems like that the York University administrator did nothing to really protect the students from this violence. And so, we're going to keep an eye on this, uh, what's going to happen, see uh, what's going to happen in York University after this unfortunate event that took place there. Thank you very much, Mo, for talking to me today.
1: Thank you so much,
0: Sausan. My name is Sausan Kadura, and you are listening to Under the Olive Tree.